Welcome to Disciple City Church Podcast. My name is Jerry Wagner, founder and lead pastor of Disciple City Church in Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Our desire is to unleash healthy disciple makers in West Dallas to reach the world. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can listen to new messages each week. Thank you and have a God-filled day. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into this sermon series. Eternal Father, thank you so much for your grace and your love. We stand before you at all of all that you have done for us. Thank you so much for sending your son. Thank you for allowing him to be the, the, the sacrifice that gives us life. Thank you so much for his resurrection, because in his resurrection we have life. And thank you so much, um, Father, for allowing us to see another day. We love you. We trust you. We lift you up. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Let all the saints say, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Well, we are starting this new sermon series called Healthy Disciple Makers. That will make sense to some of our guests, and it will be a reminder for some of our family members of what it means to be a healthy disciple maker. This is what we call an introductory sermon. What does that mean? It simply means that you will be inspired, you will get information, but very little edification. What I mean by that is you won't go out here hooping and hollering, but you will have a clear perspective on our church. All right? Come back next week. Hopefully you'll hoop and holler then. But we call this sermon series Healthy Disciple Makers because it is the DNA of Disciple City Church. What you are about to hear and what you are about to learn over the next couple of weeks is who we are, why we do what we do, and what you are called and commissioned to do under the banner of Jesus Christ. Now, for some of you all, you're like, Pastor, I already know what we do. I already know what we have been called to do. And then my question would be, but are you doing it? Sometimes we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. All right. And reminders allow you to get refocused on the mission that God has called you to do. All right. And that's for all of us. And so let me give you a little bit of history of Mercy or of Disciple City Church, and then let me give you a little uh, place of where we've been, and then I want to tell you where we're going. I almost messed up and said Mercy Street Church, right? And the reason why that almost came out of my mouth is because about seven years ago, I was asked by the founder of Mercy Street, which is a parachurch ministry here in the community, which is also the building that we reside in, to plant a church, And this ministry had been doing nine years worth of ministry in the community of mentoring, sports, of um, um, leadership development groups. And when I came here, my wife and I had just graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary. And I said my wife and I, although she didn't have a degree connected to it, but she did a whole bunch of work. She should have walked on the stage with me. All right. So for all you DTS students out there that got wives and stuff, bro, they going through, they going through it with you as well. 
<laughs> Tamara said, put my name on that degree. Yeah, I almost did. And so uh, about a year into it, he came to me. He said, Jerry, would you, would you consider planting a church? I was like, nah, man, I, I'm tired. I just graduated from seminary. I want to take a nap, right? And so um, me and my wife talked about it, and then we met with a local pastor here who has been doing ministry for a very long time that had a great impact on this community, and we met with him first. And the reason why we met with him first is because we wanted to know, hey, brother, what does it look like for us to join your church and be a part of your church as opposed to planning a different church? Why is that important for communities like this? Because oftentimes we think there's no healthy churches in communities like this. And that is a lie. That's a lie. There are healthy churches here. There are men of God who have been faithful for 20 and 30. And for this brother, he's been faithful since the, since the 60s. Like they're faithful laborers in the community. And you, I'm not talking about deference. I'm talking about, hey, never plant where people are already being reached. But he looked at us and was like, yeah, man, I, I think you all should do your own thing. And so I said, okay, if I'm going to plant a church, I want to plant a church that looks like this community and that looks like this city, right? Community. This community is made up of 70% Latinos, right? 25% African Americans, right? So now you got to be like, okay, how do you bring a group of people together who have language bearers, who have culture bearers, sometimes have food bearers. Like, how do you bring them together? Well, the foundation is always Christ. And so that was how I started off. What I didn't imagine, though, was how many people God was going to bring to this church across the Metroplex. Like, not even the Metro, like, we don't have people come from McKinney, we got people from Louisville. We got people from Garland. We got people from all over the Metroplex. And I'm like, how on earth did you hear about this place? And, it, and it's been two things, word of mouth, and they've been going on the Internet. And for some reason, our church pops up first. Okay. <laughs> Not only just the DFW area, but you don't have people move from like Jacksonville, Mississippi to come here. You, you got people from Oklahoma that have come here. In fact, we used to have a member now um, took a job in Chicago. They heard about us in Japan. Nande. <laughs> I learned a little Japanese watching Dragon Ball Z. You know. Alright. Hey, don't, don't look down on my cartoons. Man. You can learn a lot from that. Yeah. And so that's how Mercy Street begun. We, we began off of the backs of a ministry that was laboring in the community. We wanted this church to look like the community and our city, but we also wanted to make sure that we were committed to the mission of Jesus, right? Because any church that has the name Jesus on it already has a mission. Like you, you don't need to make up the mission. You already have the mission, and so that's what we did. So we started off as Mercy Street Church, and we began to just see people from all different walks of life coming through these doors or whatever. And then we ran into a couple of problems. I'm going to share a couple of those problems with you, all right? One problem is everyone wants to be a multi-ethnic church until you have to be a multi-ethnic church. 
Like everyone loves the cool idea. Oh man, I got a friend that's this color. I got a friend that works here. I got a friend that does this or whatever. Until they say something wrong to you. And then all of a sudden, you, you got issues with that culture or that person. Or, and I'm like, bruh, what? Hold on. What? And so we had to come up with a slogan around here that says, we don't run from tension, we run to it. If you have a problem with someone in this church, no matter what the problem is, go talk to them first. See, oftentimes people want to come to me or come to some of my leaders and say, Pastor, they did this to me and they said this. And, they, and my first question is always, have you talked to them first? Isn't that a biblical model? If your brother has hurt you, go to them first. Not go to the pastor and try to get him to be on your side. Because guess what? Sometimes you're not right. And when you allow me to come into that situation, you may be the person on the wrong side of the track. Like, you need to repent. And so this idea of a multi-ethnic church allowed us to kind of refocus and say, you know what? If we're going to do this, Jesus Christ has to be the cornerstone and conflict resolution has to be on par. In other words, the Bible says that Jesus Christ tore down the wall of hostility, right? So if Jesus tore down the wall of hostility, why is there still so much hostility in the church? Because we keep building walls that he has torn down. And so that was one of the first things. And then the second thing we ran into that I think was huge was we wanted to be known as the local church, not a local program. And being a part of a parachurch ministry or planning out of a parachurch ministry oftentimes causes people to see you as a program, not as a missional embassy of Jesus Christ. I'm going to write a book on that one day on how to plan a church out of a parachurch ministry. Because one of the issues are that when you plan a church out of a parachurch ministry, oftentimes you think the people who are a part of the parachurch ministry go come to your church. Like, oh, bro, we got... 500 people on the roster, 500 people go come. Uh-uh. Two people showed up like, man, we, we have a church today. And what we had to kind of wrestle with was the idea that when you do a service ministry, people's hand is always out. But when you plant a church, their knees have to bend the ground and submit to the king. They're trying to figure out, why should I come to your church when I can go to Bible study over here? When you're asking me to submit to a king, I'm good. I'm going to go over here, sit in their Bible study, and, give, and get handouts. Now, in no way am I saying the parachurch ministry is wrong. But what I am saying, the moment that the parachurch ministry is not walking alongside the church is the moment they, come, they become a helping ministry that would eventually hurt the discipleship of people. All right? And so we had to navigate through that, i.e., changing our name. Right? We're known as Disciple City Church. Why? Because our mission is about making disciples. Our mission is about sticking to what the king has called us to do. And that's one of the primary reasons why we changed our name from Mercy Street Church to Disciple City Church. Because our um, heart is to make disciples. Amen? All right. So, vision. Let me give you our hope real quick. All right. And this is going to be new to even some of the um, um, family members. Our vision or our hope is simply this. We believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ changes people and transform people change the world. In other words, 
The mission that we have is to continue the kingdom mission that Jesus Christ has given us. Think about this for a second. What was Jesus' model of changing the world? His arrival, him bringing the good news, pouring into 12 people, and telling those 12 people to go into the world and impact it. That's why around here, we're going to be low on the program side, and we're going to be high on developing the people side. Because we want to develop the people to do the work of the ministry, not programs to say, hey, you want to know Jesus? Then come to our program. No, if they want to know Jesus, then you will be the mouthpiece, you will be the hands, and you will be the feet of Jesus telling them about the good news of our King. We believe that the gospel transforms people and those transformed people will change the world. Why do you think God put you in that bad situation? You think he's trying to get back at you at all the things you used to do? No. He's trying to get you to be the light of the world. He's trying to get you to be the salt of the earth. He's trying to get you to take the good news of the gospel and to apply them to the broken situations that he has allowed you to experience. We are about discipling people. And those transformed people will change the world. And I must brag on some of our members here or some of our family members here. You all have been doing it. I mean, you have been doing it. Just a little bit of brag. I'm not trying to exclude anybody. But Diamond Dominguez, oh my goodness. Diamond is a veterinarian, and she tells everybody about Jesus. I mean, they, they play games at her, uh, at her job, and she tells them about Jesus. They got a prayer room at um, their, her job, and she invites them to life group. She is all about making disciples where she is. See, discipleship is not not about adding something to your schedule. Discipleship is about integrating things into the schedule that Jesus Christ has already given you. Everybody at her job go hear about Jesus. Everybody. Even if they don't want it. Like, the animals hear about Jesus. See me on the, anoint my hands, God. And everybody else like, that's a dog. Like, why are you? Like, what are I love you. You are doing a good job, sis. I, I, I really am encouraged by a lot of our members who are doing great things for the kingdom, but that's our posture and that's our philosophy and that's our vision. Amen? Amen. Now our mission. All right, I'm going to give you the long version and then I'm going to give you the, um, our motto because most of you all know the motto. The long version is this. Disciple City Church exists to glorify God. By unleashing healthy disciple makers in Dallas to reach the world through gathering, neighboring, serving, and sending. All right. Notice the first line there. Our mission is to glorify God. That is the chief end of man. To reflect the glory of God to the world. You want to know what your purpose is? Glorify God. Your purpose is to shine and and make Jesus Christ look good and how you live and how you walk and how you talk, even how you um, take on things that are broken. That's our responsibility. See, oftentimes we think we are celebrities. And one of the issues with celebrities is this. 
They are not designed to receive worship. They are designed to reflect worship. That is true of the church. We are not designed to receive worship. We are designed to reflect the glory and the worship of the king. That's our mission. Show off Jesus. Make his name great. I know y'all like to wear Dak Prescott jerseys and stuff, but when the last time you had Jesus jersey on? Like, do they know you play for Team Jesus? I mean, they definitely know you cheer for the Cowboys, but do they know that you are a part of Team Jesus? That he's your king. He's your savior. And I'm not beating up on the Cowboys. It's football season, so y'all know I'm going to get my shots in soon. I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Just want to let y'all know that. <laughs> they like, Pastor, oh, wow. But the second thing is, how do we glorify God? By unleashing healthy disciple makers, i.e. the sermon series. That's what we're called to do, to unleash healthy disciple makers in Dallas. Now, think about it like this. We are global, all right? I took the word global and local and I put them together. That's all I did right there. We have a local expression here in West Dallas, but that is the lab. That is the training ground whereby which we equip people to send them out in the world. Where did we get that model from? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He wanted them to stay where first? In Jerusalem. Then he wanted them to go to Samaria. Then he wanted them to go to Judea. Then he wanted them to go to the ends of the part of the world. Our problem was the same problem that the first century church had, and that is oftentimes we get comfortable. Now, I'm just going to do stuff around the house. I, I ain't going to worry about nobody else's house. And then if you read the book of Acts, what happened was the church was persecuted. And the moment that the church was persecuted, watch this, they spread out into the world. See, sometimes God has to make you uncomfortable so that you can be about his kingdom and not about your comfort. All right? And so think of us as a local body. We are locally expressing the, the, the person and the work of Jesus here. This is the place you get matured. This is the place that you get encouraged so that you can, as some of our teachers here, so that you can go to your classroom and show off the glory of God there. And some of your students will say, huh, there's something different about you, teach. And it's not just how you teach. There's something else, and I want it. And so our mission is to unleash healthy disciple makers in Dallas to reach the world. And we have four platforms through gathering. So this is a gathering. Life groups is also a gathering. And those times when we go out into the community and gather. All right. Neighboring. We want you to love three type of neighbors. Your actual neighbors, the ones who are across the street. We want to, you to love your neighbors who you have spheres of influence. That's your work, right? And then we want you to love the neighbors that you just run into on the subway or you run into on the bus or one of our elders, he ran into a brother. He always runs into people or whatever. He ran into a brother. He always telling people about Jesus. I'm like, how are you finding these people? Well, the better question was, why does God keep showing these people to you? And that's what keeps happening. And so our virtues, these are the things we fight for, all right? Our virtues is coming out of what we believe a healthy disciple maker will look like, right? 
And we're saying that a healthy disciple maker are those who are growing in the gospel in the context of family while on mission. Or most of you have heard it as GFM, gospel, family, mission. Now, gospel is not a subcategory of family and mission. Gospel is the foundation. And out of the gospel, both the family and the mission is given to them. If you're going to grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to grow within the context of, watch this, the family. Like God didn't mean for you to do this thing by yourself. He meant you to do this thing in community, sharpen one another, holding one another accountable, weeping with one another, rejoicing with one another in the context of family. That's why one of the things we say around here is this. We're not like a family, but. And we take that literally like you are a part of the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the king. Like I'm going to see you now and in and in eternity. Like, you are my people. Like, we rock with one another. And you know, family, they fight. Some of y'all mad at one another right now. I get it, man. Go to them. Repent or whatever you got to do. Play spades. Then let's get back to doing the mission of God. All right? <laughs> yeah, we beat y'all pretty bad in spades. Don't bring that up here, brother. Don't bring that up here, brother. Don't bring that up here. <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. Let's continue. So, <laughs> so one of the things I think we do well at, at Disciple City Church is family. I think we do family pretty good. I think we need to get better at it, just making sure that we're not clicking up, but we do family real well. One thing that we need to get better at, though, is mission. We have to get better at mission. If we don't get better at mission then all we have created is a social group. If we don't get better at mission, then all the only people who are speaking into our lives, the only people who are impacting our lives are the people we like. If we don't get better at mission, when it's time for you to go on mission, you kick against it because you forget that you are a missionary. And when God tells you to get up and go, go. But here's the good thing about being a part of a family. You don't have to do mission by yourself. All of us are called to make disciples. All of us are called to be on mission in the context of family. Amen? And so one of the things we wanted to say, okay, if that's our virtues, or if those are the things that we are fighting for, then, then how do we measure this? Pastor, how do we know that we are healthy disciple makers growing in the gospel in the context of family? Well, one of the things is our culture. We did a survey of our church to see if anyone remembered the values of our church. Let me tell you how many people remember. We did this survey and we like, man, this go, at least our leader is going to know. And it's no shade at our leaders. Y'all do an amazing job. But at least our leaders are going to know. But no one knew what the values were. They knew what GFM was, but they like, what? What? No, I didn't even know that was in the bylaw. I'm like, you went through membership class. How do you not remember this? But we understood one thing. We're not a value-driven church. We are a people-driven church. 
And so when we saw that, we had to make a correction to how we were leading our brothers and sisters. Amen. And so in order to do that, what we did is we said we aim to create a culture of healthy disciple makers who are. Right. Now, notice this and you go hear this all week. Uh, I have six R's. Right? And I'm just going to run them out to you. I may explain a little bit, but not a lot because there are sermons that will be behind this. All right. Six R's. All right. If you want to write them down, don't worry about it because we're going to have something for you next week to even remember it. All right. The first R is this. Healthy disciple maker are those who are rightly dividing the Bible. A healthy disciple maker are those who are rightly dividing the Bible. Now, I use that old King James word divide, and all it simply means is accuracy. All right? Your ability to read your Bible and to pass on the information that God has given you in both the New and the Old Testament is not saying that you got to be a theologian. It's not saying that you got to be a scholar and you'd have had to write five books. That's not what this is saying. This is saying that you are growing from milk to meat. And when someone sits at the buffet of scripture, you can feed them. All right. If you are a healthy disciple maker here at DCC, you will be able to rightly divide the Bible. That means you have to read it. You cannot just come here. Listen, I am a supplement. Sermons are supplements, y'all. They encourage you. They, uh, our hope is always that you can go back home and reproduce the sermon, listen to the podcast again. But it's still a supplement to the main course of diving into the word of God for yourself in the context of community. That's why I tell you, if you don't have a Bible, watch this. There's one under your, uh, there's one under your chair Come to me, and I'll help you show, show you how to read. Or you can join A1. Ryan Sears, can you raise your hand, Ryan? Ryan does a, a Christian education around here, and he takes 20 people, and he takes them through the whole entire Bible. We want to make sure that you are growing in the grace and the context of Jesus. Amen? Here's the other one. It's going to sting a little bit, but I think it's appropriate. If you are a healthy disciple maker around here, you are a responsible sibling responsible sibling. What does that mean? That you take responsibility for other people who are a part of this congregation. It's not about you. It's about us and our king. And if you're going to be a part of this family, we're going to do what families do. We got one another's back. We're going to look out for one another. That's why when we have mission days and only five people show up, that's, that's, that's painful because what you are doing is watching your brothers and sisters labor, but you're not coming alongside them. And I know some of y'all is like, well, I have something on the schedule. I, I had to do this. I get it. Watch this. Also planning your schedule to do things with your family. Responsible siblings taking ownership of one another. We got too many managers in the local church and not enough owners. And we need some owners here. All right? That's just a little bit. It's talking about siblings. Um, here's the other one. Reproducing followers of Jesus. All right? Discipleship is about multiplication. Discipleship is about, once again, allowing the person of Jesus Christ to spread across the earth. One of the illustrations that I make known to people all the time. Remember when God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply? 
Do you think he was just talking about making lookalikes? No, he was talking about taking the image of God and spreading it across the earth, right? What was true in the Old Testament is also true in the New Testament. Go out to the world, baptize them in the name of Jesus, and not only baptize them, watch this, teach them to obey the things of Christ. Isn't that an Old Testament principle that has been translated into New Testament reality? You are to share the good news of Jesus Christ and then to teach them all that Jesus Christ has taught you. Why? Because you are reproducing followers of Jesus. Don't make your own disciples. Make disciples that look like Jesus. Oftentimes we make our disciples, and when we make our disciples, guess what? They fall in the same areas that you fell in. But when you make Jesus Christ the disciple, not only when they fall, he can catch them, but he knows how to apply the right situation and the right ceremony so that they can grow up in Christ. All right? And so reproducing followers of Jesus. Last three. Reproduce, uh, reaching out across cultures. That's what we do. Like we reach out across cultures. We reach out into areas that uh, make us uncomfortable sometimes, areas that God has entrusted to us, areas that we were like, God, I'm not even prepared for this. No, you are. That's why he put you in that situation. All right? Reaching out across cultures. Dude, we, we don't sing songs in Espanol just because, like, oh, man, it's a cool thing to do. Our worship leader is Mexican. I'm like, bro, what did your mom and daddy teach you to sing? He's like, man, all the songs I learned was in Espanol. Then sing them. Sing them. But they don't, they don't, they won't understand. I said, bro, we, we can, I see some of y'all. Y'all be, but watch this. It's about your brother whose native language is Espanol. Watch them when uh, we're singing these songs up here. Hand extended, worshiping. Why? Because they get to hear their heart language. This is America. We speak American around here. No, not at this church. We speak brother and we speak sister. And sometimes it comes out in Espanol. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Lastly, or last two. And this, this, one is, this one is distinct, but I think it's biblical. Righteously pursuing justice. Uh, I, that, I might lose some people on that. I get it, right? But Notice I said righteously pursuing justice. The two words, and Brother Michael McGee go preach on this, is if you do a word study on righteousness and do a word study on justice, oftentimes in the Old Testament, they're paired together. Sedekah, Mishpat. And what they are saying is, I want you to rightly align or to readjust your brother back into good standing with the things that he or she has lost. We are called to respond righteously out of the character of God. Like, we're not standing up just, just to be socially driven. We're standing up because our king, his character is about righteousness and justice. Read the book of Amos. The Bible is saying that God is shouting out. Like, we are called to speak out when we see broken situations in our world because our king did. Ever read the story about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus knew he was wrong towards his brothers. And not only did he repent and start following Jesus, but all those who he had hurt, guess what? He went back and made it right with them. 
We live in a climate that is intense. And we're not creating a social gospel. Please stop that, man. The very idea that there is a, a, a true gospel and a social gospel is, is in conflict with one another. How do you not have, how do, is the gospel not social when you have people involved? People are involved. People are getting hurt. People are being restored. Have a more robust view of what Jesus Christ came to do. Oh, Michael, go get into that. I, I, don't let me get all excited on it. And then lastly, regularly given. I hate that adverb. I know it comes off the tongue pretty rough. All right? Regularly giving. All right? And I'm talking about your, your treasures, your talents, and your time. And I'm not segregating them. I'm not saying you can choose time over talent. You can choose talent over treasure. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is as a responsible sibling here, as one who is reproducing followers of Jesus, one who is making things right here, you are supposed to engage in all those different levels. This is the DNA of Disciple City Church. This is who we are. This is how we're growing in the context of the, uh, growing in the gospel in the context of family while on mission. This is how we make disciples here to reach the world. And so as we get ready for this sermon series, please hold on. That gospel series is going to be hot. It's, it's going to be intense. In fact, we're going to do two gospel series, all right? Two sermons over the gospel. So we're going to do two sermons on the gospel. The next sermon is going to be over family. The last sermon is going to be over mission. And then we're going to go through all six of these R's. When you walk away from here, Christ is going to be known and his message is going to be known as well. Amen? Amen. Let us worship the king. As the worship team comes up here um, and get ready on the stage, one of the things I want to remind even just some of our family members here is our hope for you is not only that you will look more and more like Jesus, but our hope is that you will impact this place, your neighborhood, and also the world. Amen. What's up, Miss Irene? Miss Irene in the house. Her surgery is on Tuesday. Thank you again for listening to Disciple City Church Podcast. Until we meet again, shalom. Shalom.